Brothers and sisters of the barbecue world, Cowboy Kev here welcoming you to another episode of Man Meat Barbecue with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is proudly sponsored by Fire and Smoke Barbecue. If you're looking for a new seasoning, head over to fireandsmokebbq.com. We ship nationwide or pick up a catering menu for those of you in the Chicago area. Also brought to you by Myron Mixon Smokers. If you're a caterer competition or just a backyard cooker, we have the smoker for you. Go check them out at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And now, here's your host, Mikey K. It's been a minute since we've had this guest on the show. Um, he's he's the smartass that I love to hate uh, or hate to love. I don't know. I don't know which way that terminology should actually go with him. Uh, you know him. He's your best friend and your Weber pitmaster. Uh, we are chatting with Ben from Grill Hop Anonymous. If you don't know who Ben is, um, you need to check him out, obviously, on the Instagram. He is Grill Hop Anonymous, uh, which is still one of my favorite Instagram names ever, because I think it's one of the funniest things ever. And um, Ben, it, it's been a minute since you've been on this podcast, so we want to welcome you back. Thank you for coming on and chatting with us. How's how's things in uh, in Ben's world? Well, I mean, they're they're great, but now they're even better after that introduction. I mean, I definitely don't even deserve that kind of treatment. But, uh, of course, coming from you, Mikey, it means a lot. So thanks for having me on the on the podcast again. It's great to be here. So um, walk us through your cookers, because last time we chatted, uh, you you had some some cook or you have some cookers now that you did not have. So if you can, walk us a little bit through your cookers. Tell, tell some people who you are for the people who maybe haven't heard of you. I know that's a weird thing for you, um, considering everyone's <laughs> heard of you. Uh, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's, Ben's it's, a big it's really fish. hard for me to walk. Or, it's, it's hard for me to go, to go in public and stuff because of, like, you know, all the notoriety of everything of, of who I am. That's why I'm anonymous. But, no, uh, <laughs> my name's Ben, and uh, – I like uh, walks along the beach, and uh, but in all seriousness, uh, I live in uh, Mich- uh, Michiana, South Bend, Indiana. So I'm a Midwest guy, and uh, love to cook. I love to grill, um, normally with charcoal, uh, but I have been introduced to some gas grills that, you know, I can find. Uh, I'm short. I'm slowly coming to the age that there is a grill for you know every grill has its place and so currently um i mainly use a weber um summit charcoal grill uh i also have just the regular weber kettle the 22 uh but i have the jumbo uh you know the mini joe and and jumbo joe um I have the ranch kettle, Weber ranch kettle. I was going to say, do you still have uh, the ranch? I still have the ranch. Uh, I don't use it too often, um, and it kind of gets in the way of things, because I'm not really catering anymore, so that's kind of one of those grills that really uh, are, is used for catering uh, or big parties, and uh, that's something that we don't really throw as big parties, and um, I haven't really been doing much catering, so... Um, I have a Weber Summit gas grill, and then, um, I also have a Lynx gas grill, which is, uh, something that I won on Instagram, which is pretty cool. Um, and then of course, uh, Weber Smoky Mountains, the, the True Blue, uh, 22 Weber Smoky Mountains. I have those and, uh, the Weber Q 1200. Um, so and I'm probably forgetting a few here and there, but I've actually sold quite a few uh, and kind of tried to, uh, kind of, I wouldn't say declutter, but just kind of consolidate and uh, make room for other things other than grills. Unfortunately, my family keeps expanding. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun, but definitely Weber's still my, uh, my go-to and my love for grilling. 
Now, you you said that you're kind of your main cooker is that Weber Weber Summit charcoal, and I feel like that's is like it is such an underrated cooker from Weber, and it's such almost like the redheaded stepchild, like it just didn't get the attention that it deserves. I think a lot of it is the, you know, what really uh, drew me to Weber in the first place was the fact of how um, affordable it was to get a kettle. You know, you weren't spending six to eight hundred to a thousand dollars on a grill uh, and they were dependable and they are. I shouldn't say were they are dependable and uh you could uh, do pretty much any kind of cooking on it, which is awesome. Um, even when the Summit Charcoal Grill came out, at first I was a little leery and kind of skeptical in a way because of the price tag on it, because um, it wasn't something that Weber was into, the premium charcoal grilling uh, category like the Big Green Egg or Kamada Joe or um, the Primos, whatever you, know, whatever you want to look at. Um, when it comes to that. So whenever it first came out, I think it kind of, there was some sticker shock, <clears throat> but once I, I actually saw the grill, uh, in person and kind of could feel the quality and feel, uh, the different types of, uh, whether, uh, you know, the materials that they use to build it. I mean, it is a, a fantastic cooker. It's, for someone who lives in the Midwest that's dealing with, well, right now we have six to eight inches of snow right now. Yep. Um, and it's early November. Um, I don't have to worry about cold temps and, and wind, te uh, wind issues and things of that nature because of, of how insulated it is. So uh, it's definitely something that saves me money on charcoal because it's efficient, but also I don't have to worry about the weather either. And it and it can fit a lot of meat in there, so it <laughs> definitely—that's that's what she said, right? Yep. And I mean, it definitely does pack a really big punch, and it, it's it's a cooker that I've been using a little bit more lately because um, a good friend of mine has one, and when I teach classes, I'm using it as one of my cookers to, to teach on and um, just because it, it allows me to cook a, a bigger mass of food but yet it's still a backyard cooker and it doesn't weigh 4,000 pounds. Um, moving my big green egg for classes, it's just, I mean, it, it's, it's rough. You know what I mean? But moving that Weber Summit charcoal is not that hard. You know what I mean? You can move it over. You can pick it up. You can throw it in the back of a truck. Well, absolutely. It's a, I believe it's the size of the Big Green XL. And the fact that, you know, mine has wheels on it, it's uh, definitely easy to move around. And you know what the, the cool thing about it, too, is if it blows over, it's not going to shatter. Um, you know, it has the uh, propane tank on it that you can start your fires easily with. So you don't have to have any extra attachments to kind of do that, which is cool, but you can still go old school and use the uh, chimney baskets or whatever you want to do. But, you know, it has that part of it built in as well. So I think they really kind of thought of pretty much everything when they, when they built this grill and uh, that, you know, when they came out with it as cliche, I want to say as cliche as it sounds, but the grill of a lifetime, uh, it, it really is because I mean, whether you're going to cook some hot dogs on it or if you're going to smoke a brisket, I mean, it can do any of that with ease. And you have the, uh, you know, the, the thought process of, hey, this is, you have the confidence that this is a Weber and it's going to do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. And if something goes wrong with it, then you have the, the customer service that Weber's known for that's going to take care of you uh, no matter what, which is awesome. I just, you know, I find that the ease of being able to jump temperatures on it is tremendous for me. Um, yes. I can start it hot and sear something at the beginning of class, 
for you know the beginning like you know somebody we're, we're you know we're gonna sear something just so people can start eating and start playing with stuff and then i can bring it back down to start going to like maybe like a reverse sear if we want to use it for that or or something like that i can bring it back down in my temp and i'm not i'm not fighting to get it down where with my kamado with my big green egg as much as i love them I, I can't sear and then bring that shit down. It, they just don't go down. Because right. that, that that ceramic, the way it insulates so well, it just it, it holds temp for so long. Yeah, for for those that don't know, the Weber Summit is, uh, you know, it's not a ceramic grill, but it's actually double air wall insulated, meaning that there is a gap in between the two walls that pretty much it's, it's air that's kind of insulating that temperature to keep it where it is. So you can easily adjust from hot to cold or cold to hot um, easier than what you would be able to do with a ceramic cooker because of the, the air pockets in there that you can kind of release some of that air and kind of cool it down a little bit quicker. Uh, you know, ceramic, it's great for holding heat insulated temps because of it being ceramic, but to try to cool that down, uh, is, is pretty difficult. So yeah, I, I really like the design of it. I think it works great. Um, especially if you're doing reverse sears, like you said, or if you're trying to fluctuate in between cooks, um, you know, it, it, it does its job beautifully. So big fan, big fan of it. I think that's a, um, I think that's a big, big part of it is just what you can do with it. Uh, and I, I don't feel like Weber um, pushed it enough. I really don't. Uh, right. And I feel like they need to. <laughs> they needed to. You know what I mean? Um, I, w- I wish they would have. Yeah, I think at first they had a pretty decent uh, uh, marketing plan as far as kind of introducing it. Like there was a lot of like, ooh, what's, what's this next grill that they're coming out with? And, you know, and we were all kind of had our um, eyes peeled ready to kind of check it out and when it, like I said, for me, when, when we first saw it, I was like, wow, that's what it costs. You know, I was kind of blown away, but, but then once I educated myself on, uh, what it comes with versus what you may have to buy from a, with a big green egg and, and, you know, the Kamada Joe's, you know, to kind of buy, buy extra to kind of get what you get with the Weber summit charcoal. I think the price point actually then kind of makes sense for what it is. So, um, at first, if you look at it and say, well, how much is it? And what does it do? You know, that kind of thing. But again, it's the size, same size as the big green XL. So, um, definitely put a lot of meat on there and it'll be interesting to see how it goes going forward because, you know, Weber has something else coming up here really soon that is going to be new for them as well. So it'll kind of be interesting to see how that kind of takes unfold with, with their sales as well. Absolutely. Um, and that Weber does have a lot, you know, some, some stuff coming down the pipeline. Um, when this podcast airs guys, you will, uh, you will know, you will know about it. Um, there are some people, um, like, like the few fortunate ones of us that kind of know about it a little bit earlier. Uh, but it, I, I think Mikey, I think they are doing their advertising now for what it is. Um, have, have they pushed that out already? I believe so. They've definitely done some uh, some uh, different marketing stuff to show pictures of uh, partially of it. Um, so, I, Do, I when is the re- when is the release of that? Do you know? I believe January. I okay. believe January twenty twenty. Okay, so they're gonna miss the Christmas season. Uh, yeah, is that a good um, idea? I don't know. I I that's that's way above my pay grade, which I don't have a pay grade because I'm not. I'm, I don't work for them, so um, I would think that they would want it for, for Christmas, but um, I could be wrong. I would just think that, like, releasing for Christmas would be a good idea. Like, guys, if you don't know, if you, if you haven't, if you've been listening, um, if you just started listening to this podcast, I don't know, a um, little bit background on me, uh, my name's Mikey, obviously. And I own a barbecue company called Fire and Smoke Barbecue Company. We sponsor this podcast. We talk about our rubs. That's something that we have, and we're we're gonna be we put out a a new a new brisket rub on Black Friday. And the reason we did that is because we didn't want to miss the Christmas season. I was I was talking 
talking to people and I'm like, I either have to put it out on Black Friday or hold it off till the spring, right? I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. releasing something in January or February is a good idea. And you know what? I don't get paid, paid big money like the people at Weber do. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't think you're ever wrong, Mikey. Um, Ben's so you, full of you, shit right now. <laughs> if you're if you're if you're wrong, then then I don't want to be right. right? <laughs> but I think I think it I is just, one of those things. Like, how do you release something after the biggest shopping time of the year? Right. That's it's a that's a good, yeah. I mean, totally makes sense for you to want to have it there for for it, but. Um, I'm just trying to pull it up online here just to see real quick. I mean, I, I was able to actually find a picture of it right okay. here uh, on on the Google, the world, the World Wide webs. Um, so I believe, yeah, January 2020. I'm still trying to confirm that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. If I'm wrong, I apologize to all Weber. Um, <laughs> Here's my question. Have you seen the new Yeti release? No. So Yeti just put out a new line. And I want to say it's called... Um, I'm going to try pulling it up so that I don't... I also don't fuck that up. Um, I, believe, new- I believe it's called the V-Line. Or something like that. Or whatever. It It is a stainless steel line of Yetis. Hmm. And, um, it, it, it's expensive. I mean, it's running, it's running in the $800 range. And it's, it is like, it is stain. it's fully stainless steel. So it, it's vacuum sealed or it's, um, it, it's just like their cups. So, you know, it has that vacuum seal into it. It's called the V-Series. Um, and they, they say that it's going to run around right around 800 bucks for, like, their um, 65 Ooh, I, I got it pulled up here right now. 800 bucks. Yep. It kind of reminds me of, like, the old Coleman style. Doesn't it? Uh, that's kind of what it re- yeah. That's what it looked like to me. Just not 800 <laughs> $100. Well, I mean, come on now. I mean, they got the dog beds, too. I mean, that's they, pretty sweet. I mean, they slapped the Yeti name on it. Yeah. No, growing up, my, my grandma had one of those uh, old Coleman kind of stainless steel belt type uh, coolers, and I always thought those were kind of cool. And Coleman still makes them. They kind of still have that retro style. But yeah, 800 bucks for that. I mean, that's that's something. It's a little expensive, right? Am I am I the only one that thinks that? And I mean, shit, I spent a lot of money on stupid shit. Uh, <laughs> do you do you think that's bear uh, bear proof? I would I would hope so for eight hundred dollars. I would I would human? almost I would almost hope that it's human proof. Yeah, because I, mean, I think that's worse. Hopefully, kid proof for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. No, I I just saw that on the. Uh, on their website, that's pretty nuts. You did get, if I'm not wrong, you did get a Yeti. You joined that club, right? I, I, I did. I, uh, I had some uh, Christmas money last year, and um, I, I was given the thumbs up from uh, from the wife that I could go ahead and do it. So I went ahead and got the. Uh, that was when char the charcoal color was out as a specialty kind of color. color. So I got the sixty five for it and how do you uh, like it like because okay i'm i normally use bison coolers guys i think they're fantastic they're they're made in the usa they're out of uh i believe there's they're out of texas also um but i'm not i'm not like you know tied to any one cooler brand but i, I just figured i've been i've been looking at yetis for the last little bit for some odd reason i mean i'm intrigued by the colors that yeti can give me I know that's yeah. such a stupid reason to buy a cooler. No, I mean it's. I I think uh, that's kind of what attracts you to different things, right? I mean the way it looks and stuff. Which I would I think Yeti. So. Yeah, I mean Yeti. Yeti is. 
I, I like the cooler. Um, so I go out and do some Weber demonstrations during the summer and I've been able to use it for that. And, uh, it worked really well. I think, um, it held ice when it needed to. I did not go into the uh, woods and stay for six days to try to see if the ice still stayed in the, in the cooler. Um, I didn't need to do that. Um, but I did it for normal things. What, you know, just a day or so to the beach or, um, I had it filled with, uh, some drinks and things for, uh, a trip to Virginia that took about, uh, you know, 12 hours in the car, 14 hours in the car and, uh, during the summertime and it, and it held its ice. So, uh, I, think I enjoyed a it. Big part of it. You know, I get a lot of people that are like, yeah, well my cooler, you know, holds ice for that amount of time too, or blah, blah, blah. I, I, I don't know that we buy them because we think that we're going to need the, the cooler to hold ice for six days. I think the biggest reason I like these coolers, the higher end performing coolers is the, the peace of mind that mm -hmm. I know if I put it in there, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about anything. I know that when I open that cooler, it's going to be cold enough nothing's going to go bad. Um, it's going to hold ice. It's going to be perfectly fine. For and sure. I mean, uh, that's just, that. that's why I get it. Well, you know, I mentioned the trip to, to Virginia and, you know, my oldest daughter, she, she is a, a special needs daughter, so she can only drink certain things and whole milk is, is one of those things. And, you know, I had a gallon of whole milk in there and when, when again, it's 90 to hundred degrees, you know, near Richmond, Virginia, um, you want to, you want to know that, yeah, it's going to be cold in there and that it's going to be okay. And, yeah. uh, yeah, that's what we had. And then when we go on these demonstrations, again, I may be driving to Chicago or to, you know, Michigan for these demonstrations. If, I need to make sure that if I'm going to be feeding, doing 100 to 300 to 500 samples, depending upon whatever the job is, I need to make sure that it's going to be cold enough that it's not, you know, obviously going to get anybody sick. And, you know, we did some uh, overnight cooks uh, in Chicago last summer. And uh, sure enough, so I, I had ice in there and it stayed at a hotel for overnight just to make, you know, and, and it held its ice for what it needed to. And I didn't have to worry about, you know, three in the morning thinking, oh, my gosh, is are those briskets uh, too warm now? You know, mm -hmm. uh, they they held its held its ice and stayed cold for me. So it, it and another thing, too, you know, kind of in this business, which when we were at the hotel, the hotels wanted to charge like I forget how much money to store, you know, fridge space uh, or freezer space. Yep. It was insane. So the, the cost of that versus the cost of a Yeti honestly paid for itself just in that, that I didn't have to be charged how much money from a hotel to, to put some food in their freezer or their fridge. Well, I, I would mm -hmm. imagine that when it goes to that kind of thing where it's like, let me put this in your refrigerator, there has to be some kind of liability insurance that they have to kind of take on for you, right? Well, I imagine, yeah. So I think that's why they're charging like – the outrageous amount when you when you have to insure something there has to be some kind of liability insurance sure so right for for the cost of it i thought hey i'll just i'll just buy this cooler and i don't have to worry about it you know there you it'll go. be good and the charcoal one is very pretty um i do like it i think it's a i think they're cool coolers um i have a bunch of yeti cups that i use all the time uh i know people that are like well if you're drinking beer correctly then yeah you, you know you don't need that cup because you drink it fast enough. Awesome, dude. I don't care about how fast you drink your beer. Um, that de that determines how how man you are, how manly you are. Yeah, Mikey, come on. But here's the thing: when I put um, gin and tonic in there, uh -huh. and I'm drinking gin and tonic just as fast as you're drinking beer, <laughs> and I keep do up you... with you. I mean, I'm pretty sure I can do this. I enjoy some fresh lime in a gin and tonic. Mikey, you know, I, I don't know don't... if you do. I don't enjoy the fresh lime. I don't like fruit in my alcohol. 
so I don't wow. fix that. Um, I just I, I think those two worlds should stay separate. We probably but, should just end this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I I use the Yeti cup every day for coffee. You know, a lot I of people do. Yep, and uh, and it works great. Um, I really like the new the the newer lids that they came out where you can actually um, snap the uh, you know the hole where the the coffee comes out. Yep, that way that way the heat's not coming out of that as well. I think that was a nice touch. I just kind of like that just because um, you also can't really like if it spills over a little bit or if right. you, you know not knock it over a little bit. It, it gives it's you not just pouring second. out. Yeah, it gives you that just that it gives you enough time to pull it up. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and, and that to me, uh, now having with, with having a two year old, a two and a half year old, that that kind of does that helps it out too because I can you know yeah. I can close that lid and if she grabs it and like you know puts it to the side or something, I know that it's not just going to start pouring out. And that's right. uh, once again, I guess the insurance thing. <laughs> Comes into play. Hey, it helps. Full circle. It, it, it helps out. So, you said you're not doing as much catering anymore, but you are doing these kind of cool demos and stuff like that. So, yeah. when you go out and you're demoing, your demo, uh, I know a lot of your stuff is demoing for Weber. Um, I kind of want to ask you these questions. What are some of the questions that you get a lot of? Uh... You know, a lot of it is more like I, how much charcoal do I put into the grill? I can never keep the charcoal hot enough to, to grill a piece of chicken or something like that. Um, a lot of the questions are really how, how do I cook ribs or, you know, things of that nature. And so, like, for me, whenever I'm, when I'm out there, I, I try to just go to the basics and kind of talk a little bit about air control and how to control the air on these grills, whether, um, you know, it's a charcoal, uh, kettle, uh, summit charcoal grill or a smoky mountain. Um, so we kind of talk about those types of things. Um, but, but what, what I've found when I'm talking to, to the folks out there is, is really just, you know, find out how many people they're cooking for. Um, you know, I want to know, uh, what, what type of items they like to cook or that they want to cook. Um, and then from there, I can kind of start talking to them about the different types of grills and what will work for their needs. But um, I think when it comes down to it, talking about two fire zones, you know, cooking direct and indirect, things of that nature, leaving the lid on when you're cooking. Uh, and then, again, what type of cooks are they going to do? Are, are they mainly a, a hamburger and hot dog and a chicken breast type of, you know, uh, griller, or do they want to get into the pork butts and the briskets and the, the ribs and whole chickens, that kind of thing. So, um, it's just finding out what type of griller, griller the, the person is and what they like to do. And then kind of going from there, um, with the conversation. Now, what's the craziest question you've ever gotten? Oh my gosh. Probably this one right now. Um, <laughs> So okay, I, w I was out. We were doing a grilling demonstration, um, and we were playing with charcoal and and all this stuff. And I had a lady come up to me, and she's like, "I'm gonna share." She's like, "I know you guys know a lot about cooking," and I'm like, "Okay." She's like, "I'm gonna share my my little secret with you," mm. and I'm like, "Okay, cool. You know, like let's hear this. You know what I mean? Like this will be fun." And she's like, "Okay, cool. So here here's my secret." She's like, when I light my charcoal grill, and I'm like, okay. She's like, I have a Weber kettle. She's like, and when I light it, she's like, I take olive oil. And in order to keep my coals going and hot, she's like, okay. I pour olive oil over all the coals. Really? <laughs> and I'm like, are the coals going already? And she's like, yeah. She's like, and then I put some more on the top, and then I just pour olive oil all over it. I'm like, oh my gosh! I'm like, did you try it? No, no, I did not try it. But oh, I can okay. only imagine how much that is burning the oil. Yeah, that would and, not. Well. And just releasing just 
tons of dirty smoke to keep, you know, into that cooker. And I'm just like, okay, fantastic. Yep. Probably won't do it. That's, yeah, that's probably, <laughs> no, I, I, you know, really, I haven't had anything like that. I get the, uh, of course, the, the, you know, the weird comments of like, well, how much does it take? If I buy a grill, do you get to come home with me? That kind of thing. And, and you know, to cook for it, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, probably not. But, I always uh, give them an answer. I'm like, no problem. <laughs> I have a day no, rate. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, it, yeah, but like, no, that, yeah, that would be great because I just got kicked out. Yeah. This, this, this is working out for me. Thank you so you know, much. It's like, I have a day rate. So if you want, uh, you want me to come home with you, no problem. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but it's gonna, it's gonna cost, cost you, you x amount of dollars a day, plus food cost. That's right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, so yeah. I mean, th- these events they're they're a lot of fun because you know you're you're talking to a a wide spectrum of folks. So you could be talking to someone who's buying their first grill and they're you know nineteen twenty years old and super or, jazzed up. Yeah, or you're talking to uh, an older couple that's been married for 50 years that, you know, their, their Weber gas grill just, uh, uh, they decided to get a new one and they, and they gave their old one to their grandson, you know, that they've had for they, their old grill for 30 years or whatever. And they decided it's time to, to maybe step up and get another one. So, um, that's, what's really cool about it is you get to hear the stories of, you know, cause Weber again, in the Midwest is such an iconic brand that, you get to hear the stories of people when they first bought their first Weber and uh, how long they had it and how, if they did have an issue, what customer service did to help them get it situated and how seamless it was, you know? So I think that's kind of what's really neat about it is even going out and you kind of hear that firsthand, it kind of inspires you again of, of why I love the Weber brand. Um, and what it stands for. Now, if you could make your perfect kind of Weber grill, what would you do? Would you change anything, or if you, or would you pick a grill that they've already made? Wow. Um, honestly, the to me, the Summit Charcoal does it. It's uh, not too big. It's, um, you can, we, what I like about the summit is again, you can raise the level of the grate. So if you want to do just all direct grilling, you have, you can raise the, the, the grate up to where your coals are closer to the actual grill grate that you're cooking your meat on. Or if you want to do a low and slow, um, lower it down to the smoke part of it, you have your diffuser plate in there and. You know, I've, I've cooked five uh, pork butts on there at one time. Uh, that's a lot of meat. Um, I mean, I've and, seen Kevin Coleman throw about four briskets on that damn thing. Absolutely. It's, it's one of those grills that, again, whenever I was doing catering, that I knew that the temperatures weren't going to fluctuate, that they were going to stay where I wanted them to stay, and I was going to get an evenly cooked uh, smoked piece of meat and I didn't, I could go to sleep and not worry. Um, kind of like what we talked about with Yeti. You, you know that yeah. you have a product that's going to do what it's supposed to do. Um, the summit charcoal does it for summit charcoal grill does that for me because it's, I know what it's going to do. I know how it's going to behave. Um, and it just works. I don't know how else to put it. No, I will, I will say I agree with you on that. That that like I said, that grill is underrated. It's it's a fantastic cooker. Um, I used it for one of my last classes, and we threw you know we threw shoulders onto it because we were using it to start our shoulder cook. And one of the guys who was getting there early with with me, who's not a he's not a barbecue guy. We did this at a really cool brewery by us, and. Um, 
the guy works for the brewery. I mean, he I guess he is kind of a barbecue guy. I shouldn't say he isn't a barbecue guy, but he doesn't cook quite as much. He's starting to learn. He's starting to get into it. You know what I mean? It's still still very mm-hmm. new to him. And um, he's like, so what do we do now? He's like, do you have to, you know, mess with the, you know, the the vents and all that? And I'm like, nope. He's like, so what do we do? I'm like, I let it cook. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does its thing. I I don't, I don't, I literally don't do anything. Like, I, I just don't. And he's like, so we're here at four in the morning and there's not much that we're going to be doing. I'm like, well, we're going to go get ready for the class. We're going to go set everything up and do all that. And he's like, but you don't have to like baby this thing. And I'm like, no, it's good. No, it's... And obviously yeah, like, I... I, I checked on it every, there, there was a really bad, there was a lot of wind and mm-hmm. I'm always slightly worried when I have, when I'm combating wind, that is my biggest, like, I think that's the the condition that I hate cooking in most. I don't care about snow. I don't care about rain. I don't care about heat. uh, I don't care about cold. Uh, Wind. Wind is the worst condition. Um, You know, I've had cooks where I've... The wind has been so bad that it kept stoking my fire so much that, you know, I'm like, it's hard to keep it down. Right. And that was the only thing I was a little worried about is it, it was very, very windy. So I kept like every two hours I'd go check on it, but it didn't move. It was sitting at 275 the whole time. It didn't move. Well, what kind of coal were you using? Uh, I was using B&B lump charcoal. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And I've been... Didn't I was going to say, I've been using, uh, you know, the Weber. Well, at first I would use, like, the, the regular Kingsford original. Um, and then when Weber came out with their briquettes, I started using that. And I tried some different types of lump charcoal as well. In fact, right now I'm I'm using some Rockwood charcoal. Or lump charcoal. Awesome. Yeah, I found some at my local Ace here. And I, I gave it a shot. Just, you know, I like to try different things, go back and forth. Uh, primarily I, I like the, um, consistency of, especially when I'm using like a regular kettle. Uh, I like the consistency of the briquettes. I love the Weber, um, charcoal, but, uh, I've been, I've enjoyed the Rockwood and in, in the, uh, summit. I did a, a steak last night and, uh, definitely got super hot and, uh, did what it needed to do, which was awesome. So now I have a hard time even sourcing slash finding the Weber uh, briquettes in my sure. market. Um, there's not many places that carry them. Well, that's inter- I'm surprised since you're so close to. Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we all are, but it, it's not an easy place to find them. Hmm. I just I don't I don't find them often. I really don't. I've never even gotten a real... I've, tr- I've used them... I used them at Camp Brisket with Weber, but that's because it was with right. Weber. So, obviously, we're going to use their briquettes. But um, that's the only time I really used them. Hmm. I can find them, like, locally at, like, an Ace Hardware. Uh, here we have quite a few in the South Bend area. Uh, and then um, Meyer uh, will occasionally have have the Weber, but... Normally, if I'm doing a Weber event, I'll make sure that they have a bag or two for me, which is, which is nice. Um, but yeah, if you can, I'm surprised by that. Like I said, because of where you live, but if you can get your hands on it, um, give it give it a another go. Um, I think you'll be pleased with it for for what it is as a briquette. I know uh, as someone who you primarily cooked on a big green egg before, yep. right? Yeah, uh, I'm sure lump was the your go-to before, but um, I think on a kettle, uh, the they do they do quite well. I will say since uh, since we last cooked together, I have gotten a Weber Smoky Mountain 
um, which I do love. Um, nice. I I did get the 18-inch. Um, okay. That's because Weber gifted it to me. Thank you so much, Jason, from Weber. Oh. Um, Jason's a great dude. Uh, they gifted me a 18-inch. I Every day I wish it was a 22. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know... A buddy of mine, I just did a competition with a buddy of mine. I know that sounds crazy. I didn't actually compete. Calm down. Um, I, I went and I, I there was there was um, some moral support and hangout. And then I helped a little bit because I'm too alpha male to not help. <laughs> but, um, and I think I'm just too much of a barbecue guy to not be like, what do you need? You know, like when somebody's kind of being like, oh, God, you know, I got to do this. I got to, you know what I mean? Like kind of hectic and being like, cool call things out and just start saying it. And then I, you know, I, I can, I can get in line and do a, be a line chef, um, or line cook and just, Absolutely. just, you know, go for it. And he was like, Hey, can you check, can you check the temp of my, of my smoky mountain? Can you, uh, can you move the Weber's, uh, summit charcoal, like make it go up a little bit more? I want to be at, you know, they were, uh, they were doing some, uh, they were doing oxtail for it. Um, as uh, chef's choice, and he was like, I want to be at 300. Can you make sure that thing's at 300? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I was doing that, and, it, you know, the 22, just it has so much more airflow. Yes. Which gives you, which allows you to get, get that cooker hotter, and I feel like it allows me to hold temperature better. Yeah, I think when I'm talking with folks – between you know the different um sizes of the smoky mountain uh i i try to talk to them about the 22 as much as possible um just for the simple fact that you know if you want to cook ribs you don't have to cook you don't have to uh cut the ribs in half Yeah, yeah or you don't have to roll them you don't have to cut them in half you can do full slabs on them um briskets again you have more capacity to make sure that you're not getting too close to the edge where you could maybe get a little bit too hot, hot of the heat from the edge of it. Yep. Um, and you can still get it hot enough to where if you want to put some wings on there and get in good crispiness, uh, you can still do it. So, uh, very, very, uh, I can't say enough about that smoker. That's kind of what really got me going. I mean, I bought my, 22 inch kettle first but this the 22 smoky mountain was right behind it and that's where i really got my love of barbecue and cooking was because it didn't jump all over the place if you set it to what it needed to be and you did the you know yeah it's going to stay at 250 or 275 or whatever it is that you wanted to it didn't jump all over the place like that i read a lot of reviews of other smokers and um i have so a- glad that i did it I will say that I have a hard time keeping my um, 18 inch at 275 if I want to smoke that hot. Um, that that ship likes to cruise more at 225, 250. And if I have time to cruise at 225, 250, by all means, let's fucking cruise. You know what I mean? Um, sure. But that that I know that for like for me, I know that 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 unit is a 225, 250 cooker, and it'll go all day. It, right. it doesn't matter, but it, it definitely is one of those things where it likes to be in that range for that size. And I think with going up to the 22, you can push it that extra 25 degrees and it feels comfortable sitting there. Right. And I, I mean, I, I know that I've cooked on your, you know, I cooked with you on yours and that actually is what made me want one. Um, is because when we cooked on them, I'm like, man, these are, these are cool cookers. You know what I mean? Like they're not, they're, I, I always thought they were, you know, cool cookers, not nothing bad about them, but it's like when I saw what you were able to do with them, kind of the way you were able to recycle or not recycle, but you were able to use both racks. You were able to kind of, um, cycle through a cook it it really allows you to do so much, especially like even the 18 inch. I mean, 
if, if you're doing the 18 inch, you have the two racks. So you have more than 18 inches of, of, of capacity in that sense. You know what I mean? When you use the 22, I mean, you have, it, it gives you a lot, you can put a lot of food on there. It's not a small, Absolutely. you know, it's not a small cooker with those two racks. No, no, not at all. I mean, the, again, with that cooker on a sink of a 22 inch, you know, I've been able to do, uh, six pork butts, you know, on a 22 inch smoker. So it's, and I could probably have done more. I didn't even use an extensive rack. That's just with the two, uh, two racks or two grates that it comes with. So, um, it's definitely one of my favorite cookers when it comes to, um, you know, originally doing the pork shoulders, the, the ribs, the, the briskets, but I really love doing wings on there. Pig shots on the Smoky Mountain is a great grill to cook pig shots on. You can put them on, uh, I really like it on the, the, the top grate because you still get some of that high heat at the top, which mm -hmm. works out really well. Um, if you don't add water into it, you can still do it on the bottom one, but you know, I would cycle through 120 pig shots at a time uh at, at these weber demonstrations uh on the 22 inch cooker on the smoky mountain and just continue rotating it through and, and never never miss a beat with them so no, they, they they work great um there's some pretty cool modifications that you can actually do to them um that i think is pretty cool um i like can, the hinge the hinge is um I'm glad you just said that, but the hinge, I think that's a modification that almost needs to come factory standard. I would like for it to. I don't have the hinge. I haven't done it. I haven't but either, but I, I need to. I agree with you. Because you pick it up, and then you're like, what do I do with this, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going to hang it at the side of it, of it like you would like the kettle. Exactly. You know, the and kettle you don't know, you, like, do you put it on the ground? Yeah, and if you're on a deck, it's going to be a problem. You know, you just like you just don't know what to do with it. It's like it's the it's like a shield. You're like right. I don't know what to do with this thing right now. <laughs> I am the new I am the new Captain America. Exactly, but I mean that I think the hinge needs to come with come with it factory standard. Um, I you know, but I haven't done I haven't done that yet. I want to on mine. Um, I just think it's. It's very cool. I mean, it's a kick-ass cooker for the price. It's so funny when people ask me, they're like, what cooker should I buy? And I'm like, what price point do you want to be in? Right. You know, that's my first question. Because, shit, if somebody gives me a higher price point, I'm going to show them a, I'm gonna show them a, a, a higher-end higher cooker. Not saying right. that the Weber Smoky Mountain's a, a low-end cooker. It's not. But it's... It doesn't have all the bells and whistles that something else might have. You know what I mean? Well, for sure. And if somebody's like, I want, you know, I'm, I'm willing to spend two grand. Cool. I'm going to show them the Weber Summit charcoal. Or, you know, I'm going to show them a big green egg. Or maybe a double O drum. You know, something along those lines. Um, you know, something a little bit, you know, more expensive. But when I get people that are like, I want to get into it and I don't want to spend a ton of money. What's the best thing to buy? I'm like, Weber Smoky Mountain. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's the best one to buy. I'm like, just get the 22-inch. It, it doesn't take up much more space. No. It's... And, and, you're, you, and a lot, one of the things that uh, someone was talking to me about, too, was, oh, but if you have the 22, you're using so much more charcoal. No, you're not. Uh, no, you're not. No. It, it really... And if... If you're really into this where you're worried about how if you're using 10 more briquettes versus not using 10 more briquettes, then barbecue is not for you because yeah. you're, you're, you're going to spend a lot more money on something that, that you don't need to necessarily do. Uh, barbecue, you know, in my opinion, barbecue really isn't a super cheap type of food. Maybe, you know, maybe, I don't know. To me, it's not. It started as a cheap form of food. It was peasant food. That's what it was. And it's evolved. And it, it and I've said this before and I'll probably say it again, but barbecue is it's the American cuisine. Okay? Yeah. Um, if you look at French food, how did classic French dishes are peasant food that have have been brought up by these chefs to become this Michelin star crazy 
fucking food. Same thing with Italian food. You know what I mean? Like, all those dishes, were they, they were fucking peasant food. And it it becomes it becomes something because realistically the chefs that bring that up and bring bring that into the world it it has to have a start somewhere and that that's where barbecue was you know that's the the start of barbecue sure. was it was peasant food and it was cheap it was the cuts that nobody wanted it was right. the cuts that you know people looked down upon they were too fatty they were they took they were too tough if you cooked them fast or they took too long to cook with a brit like a brisket or um tri-tip even tri-tip tri-tip that was that was a piece of meat that yeah they were like oh just give it to the you know the the ranchers or whatever that the they they'll cook it or whatever but not for us normal folk exactly so but you have all this stuff right and now it's becoming it's not cheap. You know, I had a buddy of mine no. today send me a text and he's like, you know, uh, something about, you know, trying to, uh, you know, barbecue being the poor, poor man's sport or something. I'm like, no dude, it's a rich man's sport. Like it, yep. it really is. It's becoming expensive. I mean, go look at the cookers that people are cooking on. Go look at the cuts of meat that people are purchasing. Like nobody's buying cheap meat anymore. You know, mm-hmm. you get a Snake River Farms brisket. I mean, that fucking thing's two over two hundred dollars. Like, yeah. that's not cheap. Not at all. So, I I think barbecue is becoming an actual cuisine, and I think what's hard for people to understand is they're thinking barbecue burgers and hot dogs like their you know their dad or their their uncle or grandpa used to throw on the grill, and it's like, man, no, no, that's not what this is. Right. This shit's hard work. This is a yep. lot of time, and and this wood costs a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. While you were sleeping, I was thinking of your dinner. <laughs> you know, that's that's the point of it. Like, you know, that person is sleeping in their bed, and and you know, as as somebody who's doing real barbecue, they are up uh, prepping and getting yep. everything just right, and babysitting their the fire if they're using a stick burner they're you know what takes 10 to 12 hours you know just cooking not to mention the cost of the food and all the materials to provide for it it is not a cheap no thing to do not to mention it's not it's almost not even like you know while you were sleeping i was thinking about your dinner shit i was thinking about your dinner two days ago well absolutely you know when i was making my order for brisket and being like, yep. I'm, you're going to want brisket. And I think that that's just chefs in general. You know what I mean? We're thinking about your dinner, your Friday night dinner on Monday. Yep. Like, it's just the people that cook for you, they, we really do care about you guys. And we really do care about the product that we put out. And there's so much love in it and so much affection. And it, it's sometimes difficult for people to understand that and it's like we put our you know pride in, into this shit and for somebody that's like yeah you know i don't want to use you know 15 more briquettes of charcoal it's like man dude i don't like buy the shit by the pallet at this point you know what <laughs> i mean because yep. you go through so much of it and it's what what's a couple more what's a couple more sticks absolutely well, and to, and to kind of go along with the, the pride of, and of everything, I mean, when I go to these different Weber events and stuff, like, and I, I'll be talking about the menu and what, what I think we can pull off or what we should do and things of that nature, um, it's something that I, I will never skimp on. Like, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. We're going to do it, um, you know, how it should be done. And, uh, that's why whenever I talk about uh, not half-assing things, but if, if, it, if this menu item, if, if we can do this, 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 we're going to do it. If we can't do it, then I'm going to figure out something else that we can do really well because that's my name on it, right? And when, you have, when you're cooking for somebody, just as you that caters, when you're cooking for something, you were it, – it's hard for me to 
uh, whenever I was doing catering to give up the, the reins of the pit to have somebody else watch the fire to make sure it's staying at a certain temperature. Um, I wanted to do it because I wanted to make sure that, yes, it's going to be done. It's going to be done right the way that I want it to be done. Yeah. And to, to give that type of responsibility up to somebody else was hard for me. And so for me, that that's another part of it. Why someone that works a full-time job on top of that was catering things, it just didn't really work out too much for me. Plus my family's growing uh, and need, need to be at home more. But the point is if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And I want to make sure it's done right. And that meant that usually I was doing it the whole time. I don't know if that comes into play with you at all, but um, because that's your baby, right? This yes. food is your baby. This is, this is your name. This is what you are producing. This is what you came to do. And every person that has a bite of that food is going to associate that with your name brand. Correct. And I don't know if there's anything more satisfying with when they do have that bite of food and they're like, oh my God, this is delicious. It never gets old. It never gets old. No. It never gets old. It, the Someone only, says that to you. It, yep. That, that's what it was all worth it. That's when, you know, I, I, I say it numerous times when people are like, uh, well, what time did you get up for this one? You know, whatever. And it's like, I was up at three. You know, or someone's like, oh, my God, this was so good. I'm like, well, you made three in the morning, not that bad. And they're like, made what? I'm like, I've, you know, been going since three. So, <laughs> and they're like, now, can you... what? They never, they the... can never, never grasp that. <laughs> no, absolutely. Now, I got a question for you, Mikey. Yes, so sir. when you're, when you're, when you're catering, yes. okay, let's say you've been cooking all this food for, 12 hours whatever it is yep. and your event your event is done yep can you eat the food that you cooked or are you in the mood for something completely different when you say okay hold on when you say can or will will, let's say will. <laughs> i'm not saying that you can't eat your own food but let's say are you let's say are you in the mood to eat the food oh absolutely not yeah i want not like i know it sounds horrible but like I want, like, if we have any food left over, I'm, I never want any of it. Um, nope. <laughs> I want nothing to do with it. It, it, um, it, it doesn't uh, appeal to me at that point. Um, not saying that the food's not good. Food's delicious. Right. But I, I've been around it for so much time and I've been smelling it so much, you know, it's kind of crazy. We do a lot of uh, pop-ups inside breweries and stuff like that. And it, people, people will like, be like, oh my God, I can smell it from across the room. It smells like barbecue in here so much. Like, oh my God, I, when I walked in, like all I smelled was barbecue or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I can't smell it. That, you're like, that's just my natural musk. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, I just can't smell it. No, not at all. Like, because it's, I think it's so, like, ingrained in my pores already at this point. Right. That, like, I can't smell the pit. It doesn't smell like anything to me. It smells like you, Mikey. That's Pretty much. I mean, there's there's numerous times where, you know, I'll I'll come to bed and, you know, the wife will be like, you smell like barbecue. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm too tired to shower. Good That's night. right. And I just pass out. You know what I mean? Because I know that, I know that 3 a.m. is coming soon. And, and, <laughs> and I, I got to be right back up cooking. So I just, I know that it, it's all worth it, though. It's worth when somebody gets your food and it's worth when, um, it, it's really worth like the biggest, the biggest compliment you can get is when somebody goes out of their way to tell you that it was worth it. Right. Absolutely. Yep. And I will say my favorite thing also is when people compliment like the flavor 
without drowning it in like barbecue sauce. They're like, oh my God, the flavor was so amazing on this brisket. It didn't need sauce. And I was like, yes. You got it. That's that's, right. that's like when it that's when it really like hits. You know what I mean? Because that's when it's mm-hmm. that's when you know it's like the the rub that we use, the smoke that we use as an additional flavor profile. It was cooked properly. It was you know it was cooked to tender, and it everything you know all the stars aligned, and it was boom done. And yep. I think that's. It's not easy to cook that way. And not everyone without trying to sound like I'm, you know, this amazing cooker cuz I I'm I'm just, I'm just a dude that cooks. I really am. I'm just a chef that cooks and I like I just enjoy doing it. And I'm just a pit master. But I don't think everyone has that gift in the world. And I mean that about like all types of cooking. There are some people in this world that just can't cook. <laughs> Like, I, I'm being honest, like, dude, I have people that, like, like, I have friends that are like, oh, I'm going to make you this, and they'll cook it, and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like, right. like, this is not some, good food. <laughs> some and, people just, they don't eat for taste, it's just for nutritional value, right? Yeah, uh, but I mean, like, stay alive. but they're trying to, like, show, like, you know what I mean, like, when they're trying to show you. Oh, like okay. show off on you and be like, "Hey, I want to show you like what I can do," and then you're like, "Yeah, awesome." <laughs> I don't want to eat that food. Yeah, like I, I think it's not good. I'm sorry. Like, well, I, I love you, but your food's not good. That's right. Well, I think that kind of goes back to where you're not going to skimp, right? You're going to do it right. Yeah. You're not going to choke. You're not going to choke your your smoker pit down, uh, add a ton of wood and coal in it, and just choke it down to where you're going to keep it low temperature, but let it sit there for eight hours unattended while it just the food the meat gets so bitter because you just have a smoldering fire underneath yep. it that's that's getting choked out. Uh, you're going to have the airflow proper to have a nice clean fire where your food's not going to get better so you can get that nice smoke smoked meat that nice uh you know flavor without overpowering to where it's done right yeah absolutely i mean and it and it takes it takes time it takes time and and it it takes um patience i think that's one of the hardest things for a lot of people with cooking is patience Patience, time, and dedication. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why you have to have the passion for it. Because if, if you don't have the passion for barbecue and actually bring you something to the table that's going to put a smile on somebody's face, and then, then you can educate them on what you did. Because to me, that's what barbecue is for me, is bringing people together. And then also, if they want to know, educate them so they can do it for their home, right? So yep. they can do it in their backyard. Uh, and if you don't have the passion for it, then you're, then you're not going to be doing this. I mean, there, there's too much hard work and time into this for somebody just to be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to learn this and I'm going to be good at it. If you don't have the passion for it, it it won't work. I I strongly agree. It's going to, it's just, I mean, I think that's with everything though. If you don't have the passion for it, it's never going to work. Absolutely. I don't, I don't care how much you push. You can fake it as much as you want, but it's got to be there. there there's got to be a, a, you know, a why for anything. So, so what are the, some of the next steps in barbecue for, for you, Ben? Um, you know, honestly, so I have two, two girls. I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. And I have number three on the way coming um, due dates early February. So I have a feeling that... Um, a lot of cooking in the backyard uh, for the family, the growing family. Um, I'll continue um, to stay connected with some of the Weber stuff um, locally, you know, in the air, you know, in the Chicago, Michigan, India, I- Indiana area, uh, not India, but anyways. I mean, um, maybe you're going to go to India. We don't know. Hey, you know what? Uh, give me a ticket. Um, but I think honestly, 
I don't see, again, I don't really don't see myself catering too much anymore. Um, with, with a full-time job added on to catering. And then, like I said, the growing family at home, um, family over everything is the way it goes at this house. So, uh, I will be here. And, uh, what's really neat is I live in a neighborhood right now that has, uh, the neighborhood's kind of turning where some of the young, uh, younger families are moving in and, uh, I can kind of start sharing some of my barbecue love with them and kind of help, uh, you know, teach and do different things with them, which is cool. Um, we've talked about doing like a, a barbecue bourbon night every once in a while uh, in the neighborhood. So I think that's going to be kind of fun. But the whole point for me is with cooking is, number one, making sure that the love and passion is still there for it. But two, being able to educate that with others. That's kind of what it means to me at this point. Um, if I can do that, that's great. Uh, Instagram's been a great outlet for me to, to post different things, videos, pictures. Um, over the years, since 2014, um, I've gotten to know a lot of great people out there in the barbecue community that have some of the same values and love and passion for, for food as much as I do, and some a lot more than I do which is cool because it, there's never a time where if I don't get on Instagram that I'm not inspired by a lot of the different um, chefs out there that can really throw down on the grill or in the kitchen. Um, so for me, it's all just learning, always, always learning, always learning new things and then trying to share that with others because I love learning new stuff. And there's nothing like trying a new recipe out or trying a new, type of meat to grill or whatever and it coming out you know just awesome you're like wow you know i, I gotta show this to somebody or i gotta you know what i mean that kind of thing because it's it's just such a cool feeling and it's it, it brings people together that's what food does that's what barbecue does and uh absolutely that's what i'm about that's what i'm about man I would, I would strongly agree with you. I mean, food brings people together, and that's one of the things that I love about food is is you never have a memory that doesn't have food in it. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, we did this, there was food. We did this, there was food. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, it's, it's a very, I think it's a very powerful thing. And if you think about it, Mikey, food brought us together. It did, which is, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's wonderful. It's a very beautiful thing. Very, very so. beautiful thing. Um, ben, I want to say thank you for coming on this podcast, hanging out with us, chatting barbecue. Um, I like to end my podcast kind of in a new way, and, and it's not a new way in, in the sense of uh, I've been doing it for quite a while, but uh, you weren't on the show so, so since since then. If you could give three barbecue tips to yourself at the beginning – the, knowing what you know now, going back to when you started your journey, what would those barbecue tips be to help shorten your learning curve? Um, cook the temp, not time. Keep the lid closed. And let the food rest. Fantastic, man. Can you tell everyone where they can follow your barbecue journey on the internet? Absolutely, guys. Uh, on Instagram... Uh, it's grill hop anonymous and, uh, that's really the only outlet that I, that I'm actively using. I don't have a YouTube or really a, fa- I, I do have a Facebook page out there, but, um, I, I don't, don't really use it. So honestly, the, the Instagram, uh, grill hop anonymous is where you'll find me. Definitely. Uh, you know, give me a follow, say hello. Uh, and that would be awesome. I'll give you a follow back. Ben, I want to say thank you again for for um, figuring out how to get back on the show. I don't know how you made it past all the barriers, but uh, we want to say thank you. And, uh, <laughs> as much as I can mess with you, buddy, I love you. Uh, you're, I, you're a good I friend, told, and I'm happy to I have told, you back on. I told the publicist we have to make this happen. We you told, know, okay. This, yeah, I was like, uh, carve you know, out we, some time. This is, absolutely. So I'm glad glad we could do it. Thanks for having me. Always a good time. Thanks, buddy.